Rack and Fin Radio with Tom P. WPG Talk Radio 95.5. And an early Happy New Year to all. Hey, you're inside Rack and Fin Radio with me, Tom P. Weekend of November 20th and 21st. Parallel Universe of Rack and Fin Radio. When the season opens, blah, blah, blah. We got that all going down. November 25th, Thanksgiving Day. The second portion of the Coastal Zone. Duck and Gannett Goose season opens. Unfortunately, only one goose. And the pheasant stocking and quail stocking going on for the 23rd and the 25th. Numbers look like this for the pheasants. In Iraq, Vin Radio, listen here. Kyers Mills, 200 and 300. Howardsville, 5070. Manahawk, and also 5070. Medford, 8130. Stafford Forge, 160, 240. South Jersey areas, Dix, 130, 190. Glassboro, 100, 150. Mad Horse, 9140. Mad Horse, man, what a. That's a badass little management area. Millville, 340 and 510. Lots of birds, lots of crowds, especially on Thanksgiving Day. Look out for that. Port Republic, 5070. Nantuxent, 110, 170. Tuckahoe, 110, 160. Winslow, 140, 210. And for the Bob Whites, the 23rd, Greenwood and Peasley get 280 each. And on Thanksgiving Day, for Thanksgiving Day, they were stocked the night before, 600 each. Just a reminder, the Donation fee for hunters helping the hungry, unless the deer is below 50 pounds, has been waived for the entire duration of the deer seasons as they extend into the new year. Great cause. Get involved with a lot of stuff going on. Also, Monday and Tuesday, the winter trout stocking is underway. We'll get into that a little later on in the program. But the main meat of Rack and Fin this weekend is Tog Blackfish. Get to it. Grab that cup. Grab that rebel. Be right back. Rack and Fin Radio. Packed, man. We are packed. Stuff like a Thanksgiving time turkey. WPG Talk Radio 95.5 FM and 1450 AM. South Jersey's talk station. Download Rack and Fin Radio as a podcast on the WPG Talk Radio app. Rack and Fin Radio with Tom P. WPG Talk Radio 95.5. Tog season is going full tilt boogie. I never really closed the limit went to five fish. It is prime time. It seems to be getting better by the day. Now, the blow we had, what was that, uh, Thursday night into Friday morning? Is, woo. I mean, that's that's dropping some water temperatures, I believe, and the bite's going to get even more intense. However, it's been, all the people I talk to, the areas I've been, fishing some of the jetties, boats, whatever, it's been mixed. I mean, you're either hot or you're not. So I said, man, what, what's up with this? Jigs or rigs? What are we doing? What? what how deep? What kind of structure? Called in the big gun, Captain Brett. He takes them. Taylor, real reaction sport fishing based up there on Barnegat. Captain Brett runs a 23-foot Parker and a 20-foot Mako Pro skiff. So he has the front and he has the back covered. He's one of the best, most productive bottom anglers along the South Jersey Shore. He's on the line with us right now. Going to give us some uh, tog how to, where to, and what the bleep is going on with these... Uh, Slow-growing bottom feeders, crab crushers. Captain Brett, how are you, brother? I'm doing great, Tom. Thanks for having me on, buddy. You're more than welcome, Brett. I, I put the call in. You know me. Okay I'm, okay, I'm trying this. I'm trying that. Going here, going there, having some success. But I'm noticing, Brett, there's there's a big disparity. It's like, I guess, the income gap. Catching tog and not catching tog. Guy next to you having green crabs. You have green crabs. He has a rig. You have a rig. I have a jig. He has a jig. There's Difference in catches techniques, Brett, uh, it's, it's it's really getting me flung. So I'm doing okay, but not in the numbers that I'm seeing caught, and the bite's going to intensify even more you know, into easily into the Thanksgiving week and beyond into probably early December. What do you think, Brett? What is uh, your take on the TOG Nation right now? Well, the TOG right now, this is still, you know, we're beginning the season. 
Um, most of your action is actually close. So like your, all your jetties, um, your inlet jetties, any rock piles that are close. And when I say close, I don't know, 35 feet and, and less, you know, if you're fishing the ocean, you don't want to fish deep. We, we, we were out, I, I tried a, uh, a spot, I don't know, 45, 46 feet. And, um, it was, there was a bunch of dogfish. We only had a couple spot. I'm sorry, a couple togs. And then we came inside, we came further, closer, and it was like lights out. I mean, it was loaded with tog. Now, you have a lot of shorts. There is a lot of shorts out there, but you just got to mm-hmm. pick through them right now. But the, the number of keepers are definitely better. Um, so it, it's good as yep. this water Yeah, as that water cools down more, you're going to get, they sh- there should be you know, more and more keepers. Um, and then, you know, as that season goes, you, you said December, yeah, we'll fish all the way till Christmas for them. Mm-hmm. Um, that's when you want to start moving out deeper water. So that's kind of like the trend. You, you fish inshore first, um, you know, close or, or the jetties. The, the guys fishing the jetties have the best, uh, you know, your best shot. And, um, and you said rigs. Yeah. <laughs> okay. We have that. We have a little bit of, we have a segment on that a little later on in the program with hopefully we can track him down, uh, the jetty jockey himself, Bobby Misak. But Brett, let me digress for a minute. Talking about the doggies, man, they are beyond ferocious. This year, they're, I mean, from the beach, I mean, they're, they're, some of them are hitting shads, umbrella rigs. I mean, they're crazy. Yeah, there's a, there's a lot. And, and, and as a charter captain or even, like, say, a recreational boater, you know, if you're tired of fishing, if you're getting a few doggies on that wreck, uh, I, I move. You know, if we get, you know, three, four, five doggies, we're out of there. You know, I want to get a spot that has, you know, doesn't have the dogs. It's tough. Sometimes you got to move around. Mm-hmm. Um, but it seems like those those ones closer to the, the shore, those 35, 40 foot, you know, in that inside that, you don't have as many dogs. Once you get to that 45 and deeper, it's, it's it. a lot of dogs. But that's, that's just, what happened to us, yeah. That'll change. Yeah, as it gets colder, those will push out a bit. So, well, Captain Brett, let me ask you this. <clears throat> Excuse me, people. Um, types of structure you're pinpointing or looking for, anything in particular. I know on the reefs, togs love tanks. I've been saying that for decades here. I've actually... 18 years doing a program and that's going to prove in fact, but anything in particular, any reefs, any structures that, that you want to pinpoint, I know there's going to be fish here this time of year, the tides, right? The water temperatures, right? That, that are your go-to spots. Yeah. I like, um, you know, I like the barges and the tanks, anything that's going to have holes, mm-hmm. um, you know, cause those holes will find, they'll be those, um, you know, that's perfect area for the tog to, uh, sleep in at night or, or for safety. Um, so if you get those holy structures, a lot of those barges are steel, you know, that they break down and, the, right. and you got holes in them. Um, they are perfect locations. And sometimes, I mean, guys that are fishing, all of a sudden you drop down, you know, you, you hit the hard structure and then you drop, you know, if you move, I always have the guys move the, as you're, um, using a rig or the, the jig, mm-hmm. as you feel it, if you drop into a hole nine times out of 10, you're going to get a bite instantly. Because you have they pog go. in that, and the hardest part of that is getting that that pog out. <laughs> oh yeah, <laughs> I'll tell you, they're they're uh, tri- they, they remind me of the triggerfish. How quick the triggers get in those uh, nooks and crannies, and you know, break it out. <laughs> Sometimes yeah. you have to wait yeah. up to five minutes to get that fish to move. It's crazy. Join us online is Captain yeah. Brett Taylor, Real Reaction Sport Fishing. Brett, you're so based out of Barnegat, correct? Yeah, I, I uh, wear town. I do church on wear town and uh, right. also Barnegat Light. You know, I do pickups on uh, on Barnegat. Yeah, Light. my my internal GPS is always got shot on here. Well, Brett, let's get to the rigs and the jigs. Now, you've been instrumental in working with SNS designing some of the the, uh, the I guess the chin record jigs. Your choice. Sometimes you're in an area where jigs going to be better. 
other areas, rigs are going to be better. When do you make that decision? You, you know, usually it's uh, is when we go out there, I usually have a couple rods strung up with the rigs. And that's, I do a traditional, I do the snafu um, as a, you know, I, I try to keep everything simple, especially mm-hmm. running the charter. Everything has to be efficient. Um, I just do a simple, um, uh, I'll snell a, you know, snell a, what do I have, four rod, the, the Virginia style, right. must add. And then I, tr- I tie a double surgeon knot, uh, maybe three, four inches above that for the weight. The, the key is I don't want the hook longer than the weight. I, I want it the same distance so this way you can feel the bite. That's for the rig. The other ones that I have, the, the white chin wreckers, I'll have, you know, one and a half, well, one, one and a half, two ounces um, for those. So it really depends on the bite. We'll start, you know, have guys start with both. Um, if we're, you know, if we're hitting more with the rigs, then, then I'll slowly change over if we're hitting more, you know, the jigs. Sometimes it mm. seems like those bigger fish, you get those bigger fish on the jigs. I, I think no it's kidding. less movement. Yeah, that's the way I, I think. The 10-pound, I shot a um, I shot a video. Uh, we shot a show last year with Cermelli, uh Beast. Joe, wait, wait, Joe and, Cermelli? Yeah. The famous yeah. and infamous <laughs> Joe Cermelli, my main Italian writer. <laughs> yes. Good man. He's well, we, a good man. I like him. He's, he's cool. <laughs> yeah, we had a great day. And, and and just like I said, we actually started with, we started with rigs. All of us started with rigs and we weren't getting a lot. We switched over the jigs and it was, we filled up, we ended up filling up the cooler and we released a, um, uh, we got one over 10 pounds that we released. Wow. Wow. Jersey Online is Captain Brett Taylor, Real Reaction Sport Fishing, talking some, some Todd techniques, man. It's, they're out there, and the bite, as I said earlier, is intensifying. It's going to go gangbusters, balls to the wall into December easily. But there, you know, again, it's doing the right thing, doing the wrong thing. Sometimes, uh, would you agree with me, Cat Brett? It could be the slightest, slightest little thing to make a difference between getting a bite and getting ignored, or making that hook up uh, and losing a fish. These things are super yeah, temperamental, man. Yeah, there and there's some tricks to the trade. I, I know guys that'll, um, you know, with your crabs. So you, we're using green crabs or white leggers, right? So this time of year, we use, I, I prefer to use more green crabs, right? And then as that gets colder, then we'll switch from that green. As those togs start moving off those wrecks, we'll start, you know, in the deeper water, we'll start, we'll use primarily white leggers. But generally, you know, we'll cut them in half. Um, some days, you know, we'll, we'll rip the shell off. Other days, we leave the shell on. Or Why? We'll Why? Right there. Why? What, what, what is it? Water it's temperature? Is it? Is it the structure? What? Yeah, so I don't, I don't, I don't know if it's like. Sometimes it could be the current. It's just the way they're biting. They, they don't want. It's weird. Todd are weird. They, you know, they change every day. It's different. So you kind of have to like figure them out. Mm-hmm. Um, so generally, I start the same way. Every we, we start with the white legger. You know, I'll start a couple shell on. I'll, I'll do a couple shell off. Um, if I do the shell on, the, the key is that I will step on that. To get that, to kind of um, crush it a little bit. Get the that, get that juice flow. Get the juice flow in, um, yeah, baby, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but the thing is, the key is when you're fishing later in the year, you gotta stay and you gotta work the bite um, because you gotta. It just seems like they're slow to start and then they start ramping up. That you gotta, you can't jump around. Like this time of year, you can jump around from spot to spot. Right. Um, when it gets cold, you kind of have to stay with the bite because you. You don't, it, it takes a while to get it going. You don't want to just leave and then you have to start all over again, you know? So sure. once it gets going, you stick with it. Um, you see, you know, you get a couple 
and they usually come in waves. You know, it might be slow a little bit. You might, they might, they, hog anglers call it scratching. That's usually when they're, they're barely biting it. They're, they're rubbing against it. Um, and that's where it, you know, some days they, that's right, some days, yes. No, no, go ahead. Scratch it and rub it against it. You're killing me. Some days it's, um, you know, it's slow. It, it, it's a little yep. bit slower. The, the bite's slower. In other days, man, you drop down and it's like one hit and bang, you got them. But, you know, it's, it's sure. so Tagratai is probably my favorite, other than fluking, my favorite type of fishing. It's so challenging. It is, Brett, and, and you are aces on it. Uh, people, grab that cup, grab that rebel. We'll be right back with Captain Brett Taylor up against a hard break. Brett, stay right there. Be right back. Rack and Fin Radio. If you're wondering what to do with your money in these unusual economic times, or if you have questions about retirement planning, IRAs, 401ks, or taxes, then listen to The Heart of Your Money, Saturday morning at 8 on WPG, featuring author and financial expert Joe Yakovich. The Heart of Your Money will focus on you, your family, and your financial portfolio. The Heart of Your Money with Joe Yakovich, Saturday morning at 8 on WPG. Talk Radio 95.5. Rack and Fin Radio with Tom P. WPG Talk Radio 95.5. Yeah, welcome back to Rack and Fin Radio with me, Tom P. Weekend on November 20th and 21st. We're talking Tog. Captain Brett Taylor, real reaction, sport fishing. Captain Brett, I want to get to now the crabs, the choice of crustacean. We have the green crabs, which are, I call them the gangbangers, tough, resilient little suckers. You have the white lagers, very effective bait, can outfish green crabs when the time is right. My problem with the white lagers, Jonas crabs, whatever the proper name is, you look at them the wrong way, they die like peanut bunker. They're, they seem to be very fragile. And a shout-out to Paulie Baikal. I think he was called the Equalizer, former wrestler. He was up there in Viking Village. We used to go on a Carolyn Anthony, always on that, that New Year's Day trip and, you know, the week before. Brett, he was an ace and outfished everyone. And I don't know where he got him. I'm not going to ask him to. It twisted me up like a pretzel. Fiddler crabs, Brett. Not fiddlers. I'm sorry. Okay. I'm not, I'm not sorry. I'm sorry. The, the hermit crabs, not fiddlers. I'm already thinking something else. Hermit crabs. Have you used hermits? I have. Yeah. Yeah. Fiddler crabs good for sheep's head, but, uh, you know, definitely yeah. hermits for, so what the uh, generally what we'll do is you said the greenies. So later in the year, uh, white leggers and the her and the uh, hermits, right? Yep. Um, we use the white leggers when the bite starts going down a little bit. We change over to the hermit crabs, and usually it's lights out. And if you fish, if you fish a hermit on a jig, it's it's a great combo. Yep. Um, they love them. They love them. They're a little bit soft, but you know they have hard body and then the soft body on it. Um, but you get one hit. That's it. That's the one shot. Exactly right. Yep. Hey, Brett, uh, Jim, but, um, let me hear This is what gets you. I, don't, people, I know what's happened to you. If you, if you have been talking, it's never happened to you. You're either, you're either the god of togging or you're lying. Brett, did you ever pull up a shell, pull up your bait in a shell and it's all cleaned out, but the shell's still on the hook? Yeah. Like they suck yeah. all the meat. How the hell do they do that? Man? <laughs> They're, it's so, it's such a, um, oh, it, it, it tog is just, it's the only fishing where I think that most obscenities are, are thrown <laughs> when you're missing a lot. Oh yeah. Um, it's so humbling. Uh, but when, when you stick a big one or you stick one, it's the best feeling in the world. That, yep. that first 20 feet is, is, is great. But what I was, I wanted to make a point with those hermits is yep. I have found that if you switch, when you switch from the whites that, you know, you start putting on hermits, um, it's really hard to get them to hit the white crab again. 
So, like, once you right. switch over, like, they, you know what I mean? So it's, it's tough. That's why, you know, we, we do that only when it's, you know, I don't start out with Hermits. Okay. So we start out with a white crab first and then kind of like, hey, the bike gets slow, they get a little scratchy. Um, then we'll switch over to Hermits. Uh, but they are, they are fantastic, especially on the mm-hmm. jig. They are absolutely fantastic. Captain Brett, your transition then from, from the green crabs to, to the, to the Lagers. It starts what is it predicated on water temperature or just how the fish are reacting to the green crabs? Yeah, I would say uh, kind of both. Like it kind of goes hand in hand with the water temp. I, I probably another week or two, um, then we'll be pretty much all white legger. Um, because if you you go in December and you're using white crab or green crab, not I'm not going to say it's 100 percent of the time, but generally the guys that are fishing the whites right. will outfish the green crab. Dramatically in, in yeah. the winter. Now, like I said, this mm-hmm. time of year, it's off the jetties. Our our jetties are loaded with green crabs, so that's what they're feeding on. That's why the guys, you know, you fish in Barnacle Light, you fish any of the other jetties, Cape May, um, Atlantic City. You're gonna want green crab this like now. That that Seattle, Brett, that Seattle Avalon jetty, same thing. Uh, absolutely, absolutely. And, and, and under that, the current gets crazy. People under that, under that bridge. Well, Brett, now to the jigs. Color make a difference in size. I want to get to color first. Now, I was in a shop up there in Waretown. Guy came up to the counter, and he had six of the S&S. I think it was color was, check this out, people. Stanley, like, off the wall. He had a circle, the circle jerk jig last week we discussed. The color fluorescent purple is like a, like a Prince album. It's called the Purple Nurple. And I said, <laughs> yeah, you see that? And I say, he says, dude. Best tog color ever. He said, I don't know where you fish, but where I fish. And he, and he paid. God, he paid whatever, they, five bucks a pop. And out he went. And I said, well, then I took a look at the selection of tog jigs. And also um, the, the, the two, two, three brands were there, well represented. And the colors, there were some like white and, and even pink, you know, tones of pink in there. And some very lifelike that looked like a green crab or, you know, or looked like a little right. Asian crab. Color make a difference? I think it does. I think it, it makes a, uh, I always say, you know how like, uh, if it's not chartreuse, it's no use or, right. or, you know, if you're flipping, it's white. Um, I, I, I like the glow. I love glow with, um, I think the glow jigs are, are, are great. Um, for, for Todd, uh, those, that purple nurple, that color. Absolutely. That, that, that kind of matches the, the shell color. Um, I'm not sure if they can, you know, if it's just the, you know, if they could see it, because uh, color changes as you go for water depth. Right, so, absolutely. Yeah. Um, they, yeah, they might be seeing a little bit different, but that might stand out enough where, you know, between that standing out plus the smell of the crab, that gets them, you know, you get more hookups. Uh, but I just say my golden rule is glow, anything glow. Um, and if you get the pure glow or you get the glow with like a little bit of that, uh, I think Stan makes that, it has like, um, it's like a white crab glow. Yeah, um, mm-hmm. it, it's excellent, phenomenal. Captain Brett choosing the jig weight. Now, a shout out to Big Doug Itchin up there. I think he's in Barney to wear. He's in your area. If you saw him, you'd know him. He's moose of a man. Oh, what a fisherman! What he weighed in some tog at his shop. I haven't ever pull in, see his truck. Hey, it's Di. I call him. Zip in. Yeah, they weren't big, Brett. Five, six pounds. Brett, he was fishing in forty-five to sixty feet. On his two rods were two different color, you know, S&S chin wreckers, ounce and a half and two. And that depth, 
Isn't that kind of light down there? Isn't that going to be current down there? Going to have those things moving around? It, it yeah, it's. It, I mean, the current obviously affects it, but that's the that's the right that's the right sizes for that. Um, I was, you know, the lower the better. So if it if there is a current, say there's a current running, uh, a lot of the the better tog fishermen they'll just pitch that you know pitch that jig up ahead, right? And let that, that come down. down. Mm-hmm. Yeah, then just and and a lot of good tog fishermen will will pitch around the wreck. You're not going to just drop straight down every time. You're going to pitch around the wreck and mm-hmm. try to find those little holes. But as far as sizes, yeah, that's what we use. You know, one, one and a half. If I can get away with a one, one and a half in that foot, we're, that's what we're using because you can you can feel the bite better. Um, you know, it's not bulky. You'll catch more fish than, say, if you're using a three-ounce uh, jig. Um, I think with my charters, the only thing, we go up to like two and a half. That's the most we'll use. Um, you know, and that's in like 80 feet of water. Um, obviously, current has a play. If there's a lot of ripping full moon current, then then we, you Oof, know, like we have we now. may not. <laughs> yeah. Yes, we'll be fishing more of, a, of the rig. But, um, yeah, I mean, it's pretty, uh, those jigs kind of like revolutionized the, uh, the, the yeah. tog fishery. I mean, way so. back when, Brett, when, when I started doing it in 2000, 2001, up, shout out to uh, Carl, crazy Carl Darian up there, fishing out of Rye, New York, and the coast behind these trillion dollar homes. We were basically using like the, the regular ball jigs, chartreuse or white yep. or pink with, with, a, with a chunk of crab on it. A lot of times we had some yep. fish that because they were freshwater hooks, Brett would straighten out the hook. <laughs> that's oh, that's going to blow my mind. Yep. Strong. Captain Brett, on your line now, your connection, strictly braid, even in the shallower water? Yes, braid. Braid to uh, like a fluorocarbon uh, mono leader. Um, basically, I used, uh, I will say, inshore 60 pound. Offshore, some of the stickier pot, uh, spots will use, I'll use a 80 pound, um, mm-hmm. 80 pound uh, a mono. Um, I just do a uni to uni connection from the braid to uh, right, there you go. the mono. And then, um, you know, no, there's no terminal tackle. It's, it'll be, you know, either tied directly to a, um, you know, the, the, the tog jig, or I'll make that rig, uh, that rig setup that I, that I make. Captain Brett, as many tog fishermen as there are and tog fisher, anglers, I should say, I have see this thing, fisher woman. What's a fisher woman? An angler. Okay. <laughs> there are many, as many different tog rods. Some prefer a very soft tip, a you know, whippy tip, if you will. Some, I see some guys fishing and Brett, very effective guys is Tommy P. It's all in your fingers on the line, feeling it. That are basically fishing broomstick rods, all successful. Your choice of rods? I like um, I like something that has a uh, a good strong midsection, but it has a very sensitive tip. Okay. Um, a choice I I love the um, forgive me if I get this wrong. It's the G Loomis. It's I think it's the bounce back. Um, the BB BBR BBC. Uh, I forget the number, but that's a phenomenal. That I have uh, four setups of that, and then you were just you spoke about him, Doug. I know Doug Itchin, big um, Doug he DJ. Turned <laughs> he turned me on. I actually I spoke to him last this past week for about twenty minutes at the uh, down the lagoon, and he turned me on. He's been using a uh, tsunami. Um, I don't know if it's a carbon, the black carbon light series or carbon. Sh- I thought I know, saw carbon showed- shield. Yes, yeah, he showed me, and it's yeah. a super t- sensitive tip with a solid backbone, and he said he does phenomenal. So I, 
or a hundred bucks or 120, whatever it is. I said, that's perfect. Mm -hmm. You know, that's, that's a perfect Tazda setup. So yeah, I like, I don't like the broomsticks. Uh, I'm not into that. I like the, that sensitive tip because sometimes that bite is so subtle, just that little tiny, you know, they, they tap it and then that's when you're setting it. There you go. Yep. Brett set on a jig set on a rig, a sweep, different nuances and getting that hook through that drill through those teeth. Uh, same, uh, same set hook set. The big thing is I tell my clients, you need to have that rod down to the water Water. and Mm -hmm. absolutely no slack in the line. So you want to keep that still. Yes. It's a pain. Sometimes when you get a little bit of uh, wave action, you kind of have to like, kind of keep that nice and still, but you're watching that as soon as you, you know, you feel it, you can see it, you can feel it. Um, especially with that braid, um, you know, that's when you're setting that and straight hook set straight up. Um, and then soon, you know, you feel that way that fish start cranking. There you go. Join us on the line, Captain Brett Taylor, Real Reaction Sport Fishing. Brett, one more question before I let you go. The conservation aspect with the tag I mentioned, there were slow-growing species. They start to spawn, as for Peter Clark, uh, marine fisheries biologist, head of the reef project, told me, Tom, they're going to start to spawn 10, 11 inches maybe. But you, and, and the ages now, the, the, the myth, well, the aging algorithms that they're using now brett they used to think a fish this big with 30 or 40 years old it's not they're finding it's it's less you know but still it's still an old fish you know 20 25 years your take on your you encourage a release of fish in in at the double digit weights because i know you guys your flares do catch those with uh frequency or is hey it's legal you can take it what's your uh what's your deal on the conservation end of things you know, obviously, if you're fishing your own boat, it's your choice, right? Um, on my charters, I tell the guys, hey, if it's over 10 pounds, we're getting a pick. It's going back. Um, if you don't like that, then you book, book with someone else. Okay. Um, the, the, the thing is, it's you know, as you said, those fish, a 10-pound, 12-pound, 15-pound fish, 20-plus years old, they get more per- productive in breeding or spawning, which I should say, mm-hmm. as they age. There you go. So keep it, especially if it's big female, you know, you want to put that back because that big female has a huge cavity that's for egg production compared to a 11 inch female that the cavity is much smaller for the egg production. So you want those, you want to keep that, mm. this fishery going because it's such a fantastic fishery. Yep, it is. And I'll tell you, Jersey, along our coast, and I'm up north from the Sandy Hook Reef down to Cape May Deep Water. We got some tremendous tog fishing opportunities here in the Garden State. Well, Brett, before I let you go, how is that wonderful family, the lovely Jen, little Jake, and Luke? They're doing great. We actually, uh, real quick, we uh, we were down Florida uh, off of uh, Fort Myers. We did two charters. We had, I had the, the captain was great, uh, Clarence Reed, uh, C. Reed Charters. Just give him a little shout out. We had everybody on the boat, even 16-month-old Jake in a light preserver was out there catching. <laughs> well, he didn't, he didn't catch too much. We just kept feeding him, the, feeding him and trying to keep him. You know, he's playing with his cars while Jen and Luke were bailing. I think Luke had a couple snook over 36 inches that, we, that he caught and released. But, a, um, man, everybody, yeah, everybody's doing great. We're, we're just enjoying, uh, enjoying life, we'll say. Listeners, uh, just a word in here about young Luke uh, Taylor. Uh, the lovely Dee Marie, uh, Marie and I were stopping at an ice cream place a few weeks ago along Route 9 there, and uh, there's a tap at the window. I turn around. Holy <laughs> Christ, it's Brett. Ta- well, Taylor has a brother? Is that his brother? It was, <laughs> I lowered the window. It was Luke. Now, listen, believe me, this kid had Mike Trout, look out if you're still playing. 
because this kid right now he's 13, size 14 shoe, and what is it, Brittany? Has a 130 mile an hour fastball somewhere no. along those lines? No, he's, <laughs> 120. No, he's, bringing, no, he's, throw, he's he's throwing close to 70, and and the crazy thing is he hasn't even hit uh, puberty yet, so you know his hands are as big as mine. So yeah. he's going to be. Um, he is I, going I to be a star. Get, he is going to be a I star. I got to get my licks in now because eventually he's going to be towering over me. So. <laughs> there we go. Captain Brett, give that uh, Facebook page, phone number, website. What do you got, brother? Okay, the website is Real Reaction Charters. Um, uh, you can also, the Facebook, the same thing. Um, my number is uh, 629-290-7709. I don't have very many dates left for this year. This is true. Um, most of it. <laughs> Most of it's booking for 2022, so I'm um, pretty much all. I maybe have like three dates left for the entire year, uh, but yeah, that's it. I, you know, it's well, all good. Well, Brett, thanks for joining us, sharing your your tips, your techniques, your expertise, Captain Brett Taylor. I always say, me, it's my program, Real Reaction Sport Fishing. I see that sounds better. His the Real Reaction Charters, yeah, kind of half a dozen one six the other. Brett, you take care. Happy Thanksgiving, all. Hope to see you on the water soon, bro. Uh, thank you, Tom. Thank you very much. Ooh, way long on that segment. Be right back. Rack and Fin Radio. WPG Talk Radio 95.5 FM and 1450 AM. South Jersey's talk station. Some till NATO. Kyle Rittenhouse, the man at the center of the high-profile murder trial in Kenosha, Wisconsin, spoke to Fox soon after a jury declared him not guilty. The jury reached the correct verdict. Self-defense is not illegal. Rittenhouse will sit down for an interview for Tucker Carlson tonight. That airs this Monday. He was facing murder charges after the killing of two men at a racial justice protest. One of those men was Joseph Rosenbaum. Rosenbaum's fiance Carrie Ann Swart, was in Kenosha. I feel like in this case, it feels like the victims' lives don't matter. And I don't think that that's acceptable. There was a mostly peaceful demonstration in Kenosha with about 300 people last night. In Portland, police declared a riot, saying some people were breaking windows. They broke up the crowd, threatening them with arrests. America's listening to Fox News. Your WPG Talk Radio 95.5 AccuWeather forecast for South Jersey. Overnight, it'll be clear and cold. There will be less wind, low 28. Saturday, sunshine will be fading behind increasing clouds, high 51. Rather cloudy Saturday night, low 37. Milder Sunday with times of clouds and sun, the high 60. There will be some rain early Monday. Then clouds will break for sun, high 56 early. The temperature should fall in the afternoon. I'm AccuWeather's Curb Levinsky on WPG Talk Radio 95.5. Rack and Fin Radio with Tom P. WPG Talk Radio 95.5. We're going to keep with the TOG subject here. As mentioned earlier with Captain Brett Taylor, joining us on the line right now is Bob Misak, outdoor writer extraordinaire, fisherman extraordinaire, trapper extraordinaire, badass deer and turkey hunter extraordinaire, but he is the ace on the jetty. He is the ultimate jetty jockey, sheep's head, and Tog, his catch rate is nothing short of phenomenal. One thing I notice about Misak, people, I watch him, he is always, always willing to share his knowledge, not only with newcomers, newbies, beginners, novices, whatever you want to call them. Even experienced toggers on the jetty watch Misak swing these big bastards up. And he says, this is what you do. This is what you're doing wrong. I just, it's a pleasure, pleasure to watch this man work. Misak, how you doing, brother? How's the missus? Everything good? 
I'm good. Everybody's good over here. Good morning, Tom. Good morning. The Jetty calls me, Sag. You've been, I know you've been involved with the surf now with the LBI Classic. But, Bob, I want to get, we were talking with Taylor, you know, out in the boats on the Rex Reefs, what have you. And he did mention the, the inlet bites right now along the jetty is torrid, on fire. Big difference, catching the little ones, letting them go, getting maybe a keeper here and there, and consistently catching big keeper tog like you do. By, and, you, and your, I don't know if your secrets, your techniques, your patience. What do you look for? First of all, let's kick it off with that. We only have a few minutes in this segment, people, unfortunately. Bob, I watch you. No, not here. No, not there. That's my spot. You position yourself, and then you proceed to kick tog ass. What are you, what are you looking for there, Misak? Well, in current, it's pretty hard to fish those big jetty rocks without getting losing rigs. I remember the first time I went, we we lost a bunch of rigs. But you got to walk up and down and find a, a happy spot, so to speak. In other mm-hmm. words, you know, you run your you run your sinker down the bottom a couple times. If you lose a couple rigs, you got to move over, even if you move over. 10 feet or so mm-hmm. find yourself a nice happy spot where you're not getting hung up all the time. And then you could hook up. You could catch one fish after another with, you know, your reaction time, people that fish for tog, you know, it takes a couple of times. Your reaction time has to be really quick on hook mm-hmm. sets. And, um, after a while you get it down, you know, jigs have been making it almost effortless for novices to catch big tug on a jetty you know that mm-hmm. the fish has to stab at it off the bottom so he can't really manipulate the bait like he would a uh you know a high low rig he could manipulate and get that bait off there a lot of times right but with jigs it, it seems that they stab at the bottom i've seen videos of it and they can't really manipulate the bait as much so people are doing better they're they're making it so you know they they don't give up so quickly. Right. Well, Mason, let me interrupt you for a second. You've been one of the visionaries in in the tog jigging game. Again, as with Brett Taylor, helping Stanley design some of these top-rate, very productive tog jigs. When did you say to yourself, hit yourself in the head with a palm of your hand and say, Mies, this is the way to go, as opposed to the rig. And then you you perfected it, you fine-tuned it. Misak, you honed it to the point where it's like, it's, people, it's like you're watching a robot out there. Bada-bing, yeah, the mean, Toganator. Bada-bing, bada-boom, yeah. bada-bing. <laughs> the, the, yeah, the jigs of today, you know, the, the, the three companies that come to mind for me are, you know, Magic Tail, uh, Bottom Sweeper Jigs, and the famous S&S right. rig. They're catching big tog with these these jigs. Now, all these guys that are making these new jigs, uh, uh, jigs of old had big, thick silver hooks. And it was really hard to keep them sharp. Uh, you know, after a couple of fish, you start, you know, you, they don't, they don't hook They're They get dull. Right. So these guys, they innovated the jig world by putting like, you know, gammy style hooks inside these jigs. They're sharp. They sting those dogs. They oh, can't yeah. get rid of them. Mm-hmm. So if you really have a lot of trouble, even if you're a jig fisherman, which I think you probably will not once you get your reaction time down, they, they hit fast, they steal bait and your reaction time is ridiculous. So what I've been doing lately is, you know, I refuse to believe that my 60-year-old reaction time has changed. So uh, (laughs) I'm tying a stinger hook on a jig, a little tiny stinger hook. No way, man, really? And you know what? I bury it in the crab, and it ups my game. And if people did that, you would catch a lot more tog. It's a little harder to get that little hook out of their mouth. But most people that catch blackfish know that they don't swallow hooks. Their mouths are too small. I've, I've never in my life saw a tongue swallow a hook. So 
with that said, you could use these little stingers and you can really make yourself look good. You can, you know. <laughs> Listeners, <laughs> you heard it here. Rack and Finn, November 20th from Bob Misak, the Jetty Ace when it comes to talk. Well, Bob, one thing, we're up against a hard break coming in a few minutes. But one thing, Bob, I noticed you do and you said we'll talk about it on the radio. I've watched you. So it reminds me of... Listen, when you ever see the, the videos of TV shows like the fox or the coyote in the winter, three feet of snow, and they're looking around, looking around, looking around, looking around, looking around, looking around. Boom! They jump, pounce, and grab that mouse under the snow. I've watched Misak walk along, look at Jetty, and not work it out. Work it down through a hole in the rocks and catch freaking Tog. Bob, you're, I call it the, the hole-in-the-rock technique. How long have you been doing that? You don't do it often, but when you do, you're... You're incredibly productive with that technique. What, again, what are you looking for? It's tide. You know, incoming tide. If you fish incoming tide on a heavy current, you're going to lose every rig you have before you catch a tide. Listen, he said that He said that for my benefit because he watched me, just shook his head, kept walking. (laughs) (laughs) Remember that, (laughs) please? When the tide comes up, fish move in. When the tide goes out, fish kind of move out. Right. A lot of times on an outgoing tide, I'm catching fish 30 yards off the rocks. They're actually sitting out there on the, on the bottom. I've seen it, yeah. When the top, yeah, when the tide comes in, they go in. So, you know, you're, if you're going to lose all your rigs, certainly you're going to walk along, drop that thing down until you find six to eight feet of water where you can pull it back up without any right. resistance. You'll catch all the tide you want to keep. You know, it's a great method. My, me and my nephew went out. In the summer, and I taught him how to do that. We, we we actually did come up with a kind of funny name for it. We call it crevasse fishing. And I'll tell you <laughs> okay. what, it's very, it's, it's very protect, it's very productive, yeah. very productive. That's blisters. That's the writer end of Misak coming out there, crevasse fishing. I like that, buddy. <laughs> hey, listen, <laughs> moving to hey, oh, Ace. Now are you write for Furfish Game, write for all the national mags, local mags, regional mags. What about an article on that, Misak? You'd open up a lot of eyes. Yeah, I'm thinking about getting getting some stuff together and sending it out to a few of the magazines. So that when I that when you have time, I don't even know have I have time to sleep between again yeah, fishing the tournaments, doing the trap, and doing the hunting and everything. I think you're you're an automaton, Misak. <laughs> yeah, well, we went we weren't duck hunting this week too, so we, I could add that, and that, that takes <laughs> up some time. As well. <laughs> Bob, on your end, now, I've seen you out there sometimes with two outfits, sometimes three. When do you pick like, again? You said, okay, the conditions are here. Condition, I'm going to pick this out with that. If you had to bring only one rod out there, what setup would you have? A seven-foot rod, eight-foot rod, six-and-a-half? What's the dealio? Yeah, I have a seven-foot medium-heavy, and it, it's stout, though. I use good uh, – I have a friend who writes for the Asbury Park Press, Dan Riddell. Danny Riddell! He, he makes all my rods for me and my wife's rods, and they're really – they got good backbone. They're seven-foot long. But we wear cleats. We get down close to the water. We don't need a long rod. You know, we're down there getting personal with those fish. And I like to catch them on light reels. You know, I use a Stratic 4000 and I put 50-pound test on it. You know, you can't get more than 30 yards of line on it. Right, yeah. You don't need more than 30 yards of line. Listen, I think Misak has mountain goat antecedents if you ever watch them rock hop out there. The little thing, there he is, there he is. Are you watching Mountain Goat go up the cliff? (laughs) (laughs) It's kind of funny to say that. We're getting ready to go out and try to cap off this year in the next couple days. And, you know, I I had to drop some weight. (laughs) Bob, look at you sideways. You look like a clarinet. You're heavy. His ears must have got a little fatter. 
<laughs> I say he has a, he has a metabolism of, of a weasel or a ferret or an ermine. I mean, I, that's amazing. All the, in, all the way it's in my head, Tom. Bob, listen, before I let you go, I, I've seen you release keepers. Or you, you keep one. Sometimes you, you let them all go. Um, your take on the conservation aspect, which is, you know, Tom P's the meat man, kill your limit, don't let me your kill. But in all seriousness, with the tog, the slow-growing species that it is, uh, what do you do about it? You keep one for dinner, maybe two. What's your deal? Yeah, I don't get crazy. I mean, I'll keep just enough to eat. Uh, a lot of guys I noticed today are doing the right thing. They're catching these personal best 15s, 11s, and 12s, and I'm watching them release them, and they're, they're growing a heart for Tog. I mean, given the bass situation the way it is, I see a lot of people growing a good heart for bass and putting them back, and the mm -hmm. same thing's happening with Tog now. And it's really good to see, you know, other than the illegal stuff that goes on with people trying oh. to keep those togs. Yep. Everything else seems to be in check, and I think the tog numbers are going to stick around because a lot of these guys, like, you know, Stanley Gala and Dante Soriente, you know, they're going out there, and they're, they're really – these guys go on 100 wrecks a year, and they fish just to fish one tournament, and yep. and uh, they put all their fish back, and it's great to see, and I commend yep. them for it, and I think it's a wonderful thing. They only grow less than an inch a year, and everybody needs to keep that in mind when they go out there and take tog. You know what I mean? Well said, Bob. Well said. Bob Misak, outdoor rider extraordinaire, tog fisherman on the jetties off the chart. Also, I didn't want to touch on sheep. So that's a whole different show. Bob, you take care. <laughs> Happy Thanksgiving to you and the lovely missus. Get out of that surf, man. Try to, try to get a bass for that tournament, man. There's a lot of prizes still hanging out there. I know we're trying. We're a little snake pit. The colder it gets, the less we go. <laughs> Bobby, you take care, man. Have a happy Thanksgiving. Yeah, thanks for having me. See you. Bob Misak, great guy. What a, what a jetty ace. Okay, be right back. Rack and Fin Radio. So what is Talk With a Purpose? It's a lively, informative, number one rated talk show on Saturday morning. Hi, this is John DeMassey. Join me and my guests every Saturday from 9 a.m. till noon for Talk With a Purpose, heard right here on WPG Talk Radio 95.5. And if you miss it on Saturday, we replay it on Sunday from 5 until 8 p.m. Don't miss Talk With a Purpose, Saturday and Sunday, right here on WPG Talk Radio 95.5. South Jersey's talk station. Hi, I'm Dan Tracy. I'm a workers' compensation attorney. At Goldenberg Mackler, we've handled thousands of workers' compensation claims over the years. Our experienced attorneys understand the law and will fight to get you the benefits that you deserve. When injured at work, make the right call to Goldenberg Mackler. Call us at 609-344-7131. That's 609-344-7131. Or visit us online at gmslaw.com. Download Rack and Fin Radio as a podcast on the WPG Talk Radio app. Rack and Fin Radio with Tom P. WPG Talk Radio 95.5. Yeah, back for our final segment of Rack and Fin Radio with me, Tom P. We on November 20th and 21st. I said in the opening monologue, and Happy New Year to all. When a season opens or reopens, indeed calls for a Happy New Year. And one of my favorite kicks off Monday and Tuesday. Of next week, the Thanksgiving week, it's the Division of Fish and Wildlife Bureau of Freshwater Fisheries Winter Trout Stocking Program. A lot of fish going out there. Now, there's like 18, actually, they added Amwell, or no, they added Rosedale. So 19 waters are going to be stocked with these two-year-old, gorgeous, big, fat, beautiful rainbow trout. South Jersey is very well represented. 
Birch Grove Park Ponds right behind the studio here. The first two ponds in the park are going to receive 190 fish. Haddon Lake, 210. Lake Shenandoah, 240. Ponder Lodge Pond, one of the most beautiful venues in the state, much less alone in South Jersey, is going to get 170. Rowan's Pond, one hundred. Rowan's a tight little pond, man. I got to like that place. Shaw's Mill Pond, 210, and South Island Park Lake. I don't call it Park Pond. It's big. It's 20-something acres. It's going to receive 190. Now, Tuesday's a day usually back here at Birch Grove. You'll see the truck pull up at 11, 1130. Watch them stock the fishing and fish as soon as they're being released. And then... Run down to Ponder Lodge. Again, if you've ever been down here, check it out. It's, it seems like a lake meant for trout. Spring-fed, clear, gorgeous, gorgeous water. Join us online right now. Very special guest on short notice is Ed Conley. He is the superintendent of the Pequest Trout Hatchery up there in Warren County. Give us a little lowdown on the winter program. Eddie, how you doing, brother? Good. How are you today, Tom? I hope everybody's well out there. We're doing great, Ed. One, kudos, hats off, congratulations, round of applause for an incredible October trout stocking program. Now we have the winter one. That was, what, four or five weeks ago? The trucks are going to be rolling Monday and Tuesday, Ed, and you have some gorgeous fish going out. Ed, when is the actual planning for the fall and winter stocking? A year previous, two years previous? These are These are two-year-old fish, correct? Correct. These are uh, the winter fish are 25 months old. So uh, basically they were eggs in 2019. So uh, basically, uh, you know, we set up fish for the fall and winter programs ahead of time. Mm-hmm. And then uh, watch called the winter fish get, usually get taken out of the, the uh, spring program fish there. Right. Uh, watch called they get the extras from there. And uh, that's how the program works. And then the fish are just an absolutely gorgeous people, gorgeous condition, vibrant, a color, thick as shoulder. Use some uh, two, four, six pound tests. They will, they will kick your butt. Now, Ed, way back when, when the winter program started, it's 2000, somewhere around there, if you could refresh my memory, it was a standard uh, nine inch hatchery, nine, nine and a half, you know, year old fish. When was a change made to go to the two year old program? Yeah, you're correct. Uh, the program started back in 2000 there. And uh, they were stocking like nine to eleven inch trout, and uh, basically the program was split up where uh, uh, the northern waters actually got stocked the week of Thanksgiving, and then uh, the uh, what's called the the South Jersey ponds got stocked in January. That only lasted till about 2004, and then all the fish were stocked uh, before Thanksgiving uh, mm-hmm. to give anglers more opportunity there. Uh, you know, during the holiday weekend. So, uh, but mm-hmm. the, in 2006, the program was revamped for the fall and the winter, uh, in which we uh, started stocking the larger fish. These uh, fish usually range about 14 to 16 inches, and, uh, you know, they're probably about a pound and a half a piece right now. Ed, they're gorgeous. And, Ed, I say this all the time. I know guys down here and some gals don't buy the trout stamp in the spring. They wait until October, November. Hey, man, much, and, they, and, they, and they hit it hard. They do hit the, the lake, the Morris River down there in Cumberland Sound. They hit it hard. And they, this, this is more money's worth deal for us. A lot bigger fish and a lot less fishing pressure. So it's a win-win, win-win-win-win-win all around from the spring through the winter programs. Hats off to you, man. Great job. Thanks, Tom. 
Well, Mr. Conley, we hope to see you soon. I try to get up to the hatcher every once in a while, but usually they, I have to, they, they see me come and they lock the door. <laughs> <laughs> and I will say one thing, uh, a seamless operation up there. You, I put this in the articles. You have a Cracker Jack crew. Uh, no energy is wasted. I mean, it is op- from opening gun to the closing bell, whether you're stocking the, the, the 100 plus, 100, no, 170-something waters in the spring, or the, the ones in the fall, you guys are on top of it big time. Yeah, every year we uh, provide over 600,000 fish we stock for the three programs, the spring, fall, and winter programs. Uh, generally, uh, the uh, spring we see anywhere from, uh, you know, uh, 570 to 600,000. Yeah. You know, and between the fall, the, the fall programs, usually around 21,000. And uh, the winter program is usually uh, between four to 5,000. Great job. Great job. Ed Conley, thanks for joining us on Rackafin. You have a happy Thanksgiving. I'll see you at the hatchery one of these days when you let me in. <laughs> okay. Sounds good, Tom. Take care, brother. Yep. Yeah, this winter trout stocking program is aces across the board. Now, speaking of trout, speaking of fresh water, uh, new movement is out there, which I'm very proud to announce on Rackafin Radio. That's been going on for a while now. Spearheaded by a long-time acquaintance of Tom P., long, long time, going back to, I believe, the the late 70s, Mr. Lou Martinez. Organization is United Freshwater Anglers of New Jersey. Again, we have the saltwater, you have the great the yeoman's job at the JCA, the RFA. Now there is an organization out protecting the rights of the Garden State's freshwater anglers north Central and South. Right now, the focus is on Greenwood Lake up there on the New York Jersey border. What's going to join us on the line is Lou Marnes. Tell us a little bit about that, the genesis of this organization and what it holds for the future. Lou, we only have a few minutes, but thanks for joining us. I know it's crazy musky fishing time for you, Marnes. I got that. Walleye fishing time for you, Louie. I got that. Plus, he's involved with the band Hailstorm. Lizzie, I, I got, what the hell? And Myers says, that's Lou. Boy, he looks a lot better than you at his age and your age. That's because the guy doesn't stop. Louie, how's it going, man? Great to have you on Rack and Fin for the very first time after all these years. How you doing? Great, Tommy. Thank you very much for having me on. This is way back when Louie was with the UBNJ spearhead punched the antis right in the face with the counter pro-hunting demonstrations up there at the Great Swamp. Impressed even one of my editors at the time, an avowed anti who came to me afterwards and said, you know, when you lay it out like that, I really see the point of, I just could never do it. And I said, I will mention her first name, Ellen. That's fine, but at least you saw what it's all about. Lou, I'm forever indebted to because she was a fevered anti. <laughs> After that meeting with you, Martinez, up there at the swamp, not that she was converted, but saw things in a whole different light. Well, she really did because she sent me a letter, and I remember it vividly because she drew a little fox at the end of her name <laughs> <laughs> and this is trust me she was a fox. Okay. anyway louie so listen to the united freshwater anglers in new jersey we don't have much time left Louie. we're closing out the show to the greenwood lake situation explain that please uh this year in april we found that we were not giving access public access to uh one of the premier lakes in the state of new jersey uh, we formed the United Freshwater Anglers of New Jersey in an effort to get the situation uh, resolved. Uh, we didn't make much headway with the uh, marinas that uh, control access to the lake. 
We can we contacted the Division of Fish and Wildlife and the Fish and Game Council. Um, showed them on page thirty of the compendium of the Fish Digest that Greenwood Lake is a twenty-four hour a day lake, which right. means you should be ac- able to access it anytime in a twenty-four hour period. This was not happening, and so we had to take our uh, petition on to change dot uh, org, um, and we. Combined approximately 2,000 signatures, Woo! sent it to uh, senators up in the 24th district, uh, uh, F. Parker Space, uh, Stephen Rotho, and uh, Harold Works. They had already been working on a, um, mm-hmm. a lakes bill, which would allocate $10 million for um, water access and also for improved access to the, uh, I'm sorry, water quality and improved access mm-hmm. to uh, the general public. The first $750,000 of this money is earmarked to pay for water quality. That's because of the algae blooms that we've been having. So that's important to take care of. But what's also equally important is to allow fishermen that have paid for the resource have paid thousands of dollars to uh, stock these lakes, have paid money to make these lakes so popular, and then now for us to not be given uh, permission to use them is is is, uh, is an out and out. It's abhorrent. Uh, Absolutely abhorrent. Uh, exactly. Hey, look, listen, uh, people want to get involved with this. Where's more information on United Freshwater Anglers in New Jersey? You can find us right now on NewJerseyFishing.com. Jerry Zawoski has given us permission to use his website. Uh, We're a fledgling organization. We do have approximately 2,000 new members. Uh, That's how we communicate with them right now. We will be putting up our own website and our own Facebook page in the coming year. Uh, we are getting notice. We made it to the front page of the store ledger Whoa! back in June. And uh, the, oh, senators, the senator from the 26th legislative district, Pinocchio, and Assemblyman Jay Weber are right now uh, pushing legislation that would uh, make Greenwood Lake um, it would be seen as a public lake that needs public access and their bill would make it a law that every lake in new jersey that is a public lake needs to have a public access, access. Ramp, and there you period. go listeners north central south if it can happen up north it can happen central it can happen south and trusting people not just saying this for lou's benefit because he's on the, the rack of radio lines i've known him for decades a bulldog has nothing on him. A pit bull has nothing on him. When Lou latches onto a topic, a subject, a cause, look out. Lou, you have a happy Thanksgiving. Thanks for joining us for the first time on Rack and Finn. Hope to have you back. And by the way, Martinez, lay, lay it easy on the muskies and walleye. You're kicking their asses, man. <laughs> hey, Tom, we got to keep busy. Otherwise, we rough. <laughs> you take care, brother. Take care. Thank you, Tommy. Yeah. Bye. I'll do it for this week on Rack and Finn Radio. Get out there and enjoy. Happy Thanksgiving to all. God bless America. God bless our troops. God bless our first responders. God bless law enforcement. See you next week. Rack and Fin Radio.